0: Dude, it was so good. They made it mm. so good last night. Dude, I mean, that I garlic butter.
1: Blah, 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 blah. Bro, I.
0: that's weird you said that. Well, also weird that you <laughs> did that reaction there. Um sure. But, okay, I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> But uh, that garlic butter, I'd never tried it before. And for some reason last night, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Zip that, unzip that thing. Unzip it. I don't know. And then um, dude, I used it, dude, a little bit, and it was good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick two sauces uh to, like, use more than mm. any other, I would pick cane sauce and the garlic butter from Papa John's.
0: <laughs> Boy. Hey, <laughs> that cane sauce, though, like, no disrespect. But also, like, those two sauces just, like, immediately shout a personality type that you just fit to a tea. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's present Cage Side Rewind. Revamped version four. <laughs> nah, something <laughs> like that. I think it's like our fourth one we've done. And it's going to be the fourth time that I put my stinky little paws on it and make some changes. So, um, But I promise, I, I hope it is to the the betterment of your enjoyment watching this. So me and Dominic literally just got done watching Pride thirteen collision course, which is, of course, what we're here to talk about today. What we're here to recap today. How dare you, Dominic? Closing statements. Wrong button. You're trying to you're trying to get me to the end. Come on, dog. <laughs> um, we just got done watching it. Literally, yeah, I literally just stood up because the chair was sticking to my ass and the tank yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you might see something about that. I don't know. Dom's got some mischievous <laughs> ideas over there. But uh, basically now, instead of like, you know, making these long episodes where we're kind of showing footage of our watch through and whatnot, what we did is we've recorded ourselves watching the whole thing together. Uh, but what you guys are seeing now, we're literally just going to be doing the review right now. We're going to review Pride 13, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, anything we noticed. However, since we did record that footage, Dominic, producer Dom, mm-hmm. will throw in anything of no and it's hard for us to really know because it's our first time doing it how much of it will actually be in there but if there's times where we are talking about something we liked or didn't like you'll likely see a cutaway to some of that footage that shows our reactions in real time yeah so i think that's probably the best way to do it it's just hard with copyright laws like you don't want to put like all this cut around footage because you guys don't know what we're reacting to when yeah you can't see it doing the full thing so This is the best compromise for now. Uh, That doesn't mean at some point in the future things could be different, but I think overall this is probably going to be the best way to do this, um, to do these reviews, just to get right on into it. But, Dominic, I do have some fun facts about this card for you. Tell the people. Yeah, so
1: this was our first time
0: doing a Pride event, so I did want to touch a little bit about them. Pride 13 Collision Course was held on March 25th, 2001 at the Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan. Dominic, this was their 15th event. They held two events for their first Grand Prix in 2000. And uh, because of that, every other event, though, Pride 1 through 13. So 15 events up to this point. Uh, This would be the first Pride event, Dominic, where knees to a downed opponent were deemed legal. Will that come into play? You bet your sweet biffy it will. <laughs> um, and uh, a little bit about the rule set. Pride events consisted of three rounds, the first being 10 minutes, while the second and third being five minutes with two-minute breaks in between rounds. However, if, once we get to any sort of uh, United States Pride card or their Grand Prix, that will not apply. Uh, it'll be a little different for those. So, yeah, i um, Oh, fun fact, Dominic. I actually missed this one during uh, our time watching through it because I told you some of these then. Uh, originally, the co-main for this card was supposed to see Igor Vovchanchyn take on Ken Shamrock. But
1: okay. With
0: neck, but with a neck injury to Ken, Trey Tellyman would step in as the replacement. And Trey Tellyman, of course, was uh, in the same gym as Ken Shamrock. And yeah, Ken, Ken was Shamrock in was in his corner. So uh, that's a little fun fact there. Um, there will be some more I'll throw in here in a minute. But Dominic, Pride 13 collision course. We'll start with the first fight. Sure. Bobby Southworth versus Vitor Belfort. Vitor getting the first round. Get used to us saying that. Do you have the minutes in front of you, Dom, and the, uh, it, yes, was a, it was a rear naked choke, but how long yeah. did the fight
1: go on for? First round, four minutes and nine seconds in to the bout. How long was it? Four minutes and nine seconds. It did not feel that long. No, not at all.
0: Honest. So that's interesting no. for you to tell me that. What did you think about this one, Dominic? Obviously, Vitor Belfort, legend of MMA, so we're very familiar with his game. But how, However, the other guy, Bobby Southworth, not a matchup you think you'd ever see, but Bobby Southworth, also a guy we're familiar with. They the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 veteran. So a guy who obviously had a bit of a career before entering the Tough House in 2005. So what did you think of what we got here? Four minutes, pretty quick, but overall, Vitor Belfort, big win.
1: Yeah, overall it was. It was cool to see both guys at that stage in their career because I was telling Noah during the watch-through, you know, I remember Bobby in 2005 in the Ultimate Fighter House, the first season. And, um, you know, I, I hadn't really known much of his experience or anything going into that. So it was cool going back four years to 2001. He's in pride, you know, obviously at that point, essentially the, one of the biggest top dogs in the entire sport in the world. And he's fighting against a young stud lion and Vitor Belfort and, uh, Vitor just looked great. I mean, Bobby looked relatively comfortable at first until Vitor just decided to, Turn that dial, uh, minute by minute, and once it was on the ground, Vitor wasn't letting Bobby get up. He snatched that rear naked out of seemingly nowhere, and Bobby Mm -hmm. knew he wasn't getting out of that. He tried and tried to fight it, and uh, ended up having to tap. So, yeah,
0: this is not good. Bobby trying to get up gives up his back. Um, It seems pretty clear that. Oh, he got it. He got
1: it. Yeah. Oh yeah. See ya.
0: See ya. Oh, he's struggling. He's trying to fight out. Oh yeah, that's
1: it. Wowzers. That's a submission win
0: for the Phenom,
1: Vitor Belfort. Just an absolute stud. Out of nowhere. Like, had great control, but then bam. It just goes to show how good Vitor was during this time, even though he was still so young. He was an absolute physical specimen watching it as well. Very cool to see them during that time frame in their careers. That's what interested me the most.
0: I will agree with that. I will also say, though, like, I wonder how this fight would have went if they were kept standing, but Bobby just gave up those takedowns so easily, so you could mm-hmm. tell he was a little green in some of the more mixed aspects of the MMA game. You know, he sort of had his style of uh, probably more boxing-heavy, or kick. I, I don't know what his like kick game was like, but definitely into boxing, and... um didn't hadn't quite filled out the rest of that game that would actually have, go on to be a problem for him, even when he went in the tough. But mm-hmm. um, here it was even more so. And Vitor was such a stud, even then, felt like he was just an unbeatable force, even though yeah, he had been beaten a couple times. But going up here, kind of interesting. Vitor opening this eight fight card, um, but yeah, big win for him. Speaking of which, uh, I was loving Vitor's little fa- <laughs> the facial hair he had going on yeah. here. Um, he, I said he kind of reminded me of Brazilian Dom. So obviously mm. he's like chiseled and uh, Dom is <laughs> as well, but maybe not yeah. to that extent. Yeah. But uh, Brazilian Dom was Vitor Belfort here. So next fight, mm. another Lion's Den. Lion's Den, you know, around the, there was a few of them on this card. And uh, Guy Mesger ends up getting the first round knockout of Egan in a way in two minutes, 25 seconds, Dominic. Pretty quick. That's what a lot of these fights were like. Mm-hmm. Uh overall though, Guy Mesger getting the win. Thought he looked pretty good. Egan in a way is the brother of Ensign in a way. Ensign probably, I mean, most definitely had the larger impact on Pride. Uh, was the better fighter. But um yeah, I mean it's all I don't have much to say about this one though. I, honestly, if i can I be completely honest?
1: Yeah, sure. That's what I we really want. don't
0: I really don't remember much about it already.
1: I just remember the finishing sequence from Guy being surprising because, one, he did it on the feet. I thought it was going to be a bit more grapple heavy for him. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just charged through. That was when he uh, landed against Egan and An- Egan fell back against the ropes. Oh, and uh, yeah, it was like the beginning man. of the end, okay. man. Yeah, kind of came and, out of nowhere. He bull rushed yeah. him. Yes, Guy just bull rushed him after that, didn't load up and got the knockout.
0: Ooh. Oh, I think oh, he heard yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, he said, oh he's done. That's it, Dominic.
1: Oh, I'm a little surprised that that ended like that. Wow, dude, he hurt him was bad. He, Egan was fell that, on the ropes. was that a Stepe
0: like knockout when Stepe knocked out Fabricio? I thought guy was like going backwards when he threw that knockout hope,
1: punch. That was yeah. pretty surprising. The finish, yeah,
0: but that was a score one for the Lions. Then on the night next yep. by Dominic, the Texas crazy horse, Heath Herring, looking absolutely looking like a damn stud. Yeah. And, you know, known for uh, being a little bit colorful in his character. The walkout was probably one of the better walkouts tonight. the night. Mm-hmm. Him and his cornermen coming out dressed like outlaws in the West. Mm-hmm. I like that they're doing it a little different for each one. Like, the last fight, you had both guys with the platform here.
1: Now they're just walking out. Oh,
0: look at all the cowboy hats, Dominic. We got the outlaws pulling in here. Okay. See what I'm talking about? We get a little more pizzazz here. These guys looking like
1: They villains. got the 10-gallon caps on and everything. You know that
0: show Chuck Norris had, Dominic Walker, Texas Ranger?
1: I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Is this well, kind I've never of seen vibe? it either,
0: but I just imagine these three guys being like <laughs> villains, like side villains. Not even the main villain, just like three guys that Chuck Norris has to dispose of. <laughs> um, Heath Harry always been kind of a colorful guy, but he looked like ripped here. And I think yeah Vaz Rutten said... He had lost like 20 or 30 pounds between fights. He would end up gaining that back because he did not look like that when he fought like Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way he uh, he had like the purple thing going on with his hair and facial hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he's always doing stuff like that. He was taking on a literal giant baby, uh, Dennis Sobolev, Dom. Um, we do not
1: support putting babies in the ring. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, interesting description there. But Heath, I was I kept wanting to say this during the watch through and kept forgetting, so I can say it now. This is a twenty-two second finish. Okay. Yeah. Usually, when you see twenty-two second finishes, it's some wild like knockout or something. No, Heath in a matter of twenty-two seconds went in, got a takedown, got into side control, and got a Kimura lock locked in, all in a matter of twenty-two seconds. You don't see fast finishes mm-hmm. like that happen unless they're a crazy knockout. So I thought that was, like, super interesting. Heath Herring looked great. Purple hair on the tips, mm. of course. Bleach blonde on the sides. Purple eyebrows. Purple... Uh, what are these called again? Um,
0: sideburns.
1: Sideburns, yes. <laughs> Purple goatee. Uh, it, it was pr- pretty badass all through and through Yeah, the I, I don't mean... I, I
0: feel bad for, like, focusing so much on Sobolev's, like, look here. But, like, my God, man, if you're a bald fighter, the worst thing you can wear is... The all white very short white trunks. Yeah, I said it looked like a diaper. You'll probably see the clip. I mean, Dominic legit thought I was. I had a double take, I thought he was. Dominic was like, Oh, he's wearing a diaper. I'm like, Dude, oh my god, dude, no shot, long, no shot. This dude's wearing a damn diaper. Wait, what? That's a diaper. (laughs) it just Dominic, I looked at it and I said, This man is a grown baby. What is he wearing?
1: No. It's, it's got to just be white tight. Dominic,
0: it's obviously not a
1: fucking diaper, but uh, it looks like a diaper. Well, I didn't know if he was wearing like a like a sumo wrestler thing or <laughs> no. something like that.
0: <laughs>
1: you said it and I didn't get a look and I'm like, what did I miss?
0: I'm like, man, Dominic doesn't know. does Dominic not done this podcast long enough with me to realize that I'd be fucking around sometimes?
1: He still gets me, guys. But dude, he literally like,
0: you know that rapper baby. Yeah he's got to give up that name, give it to Dennis Sibalev <laughs> here. Like, he, that was crazy. But it was a smooth key lock. The way uh he yeah. and got it, it kind of came out of nowhere, oh. locked it in right away.
1: What the freak was that?
0: <laughs> My man was trying I to get down. front kick to the face with the shoes on. Oh, that yeah, elbow. I mean, yeah, Ooh. this is not, not going to go well for a man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is what happened. Oh, look at oh! that. Over. How that was smooth, Dom.
1: Wow. Just like that.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Sobolev was like out of his element here for sure. Heath Herring. Very young, but a beast back
1: then. Yes, yes.
0: Speaking of beast, how about the power of Hendo? Dan Henderson. No Hendo bombs needed, Dominic, but he landed something. To it, uh, he took on Henzo Gracie here. Henzo just shooting, spamming takedown attempts. Uh, Henderson's sprawling like it's so good. Life depended on yeah. it. And then the finishing sequence. I literally did not look from the screen, and yet I still had no idea yeah. what had happened at first. That's how just out of nowhere this knockout was. They forgot that Bobby Southworth got that roundhouse 360. Yeah. Oh, he's out.
1: What the? Oh fuck my god.
0: Holy shit.
1: I don't don't know. I I, I blinked.
0: I swear I didn't even look away, and I still had no idea. I don't know what happened. Wow. Hey, that's the power of Hendo, Dom. I,
1: I, I... He was asleep. He was asleep. Gracie was. Dan Henderson just knocked out Enzo. Oh, boy.
0: Enzo goes for a desperate shoot again. This time, not only does Hendo sprawl, but while sprawling by sprawling landed like an uppercut that just shows the kind of power that guy has you got it done in a minute 40 seconds dominic again people this card was two hours and 47 minutes and there was hardly any gaps in between there were there was some stuff in the beginning the performance and whatnot Mm -hmm. um boss you know introducing the card and of course the cameraman having like a literal spaz attack yeah Uh, that was wild going through this like Showing a lot of highlights from previous events. Look at the way this camera, this camera guy. Is I'm doing getting, work. I'm
1: going to throw up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, here, I mean, up to this point, we were four fights in and we were like less than an hour into the card.
1: Yeah. What's that tell you about okay. what's to come anyways, yeah. but I have nothing else to say about Dan Hendo. It was unbelievable. You'll no. see it.
0: Mark Coleman, Ohio's finest. stand up the OG UFC, Heavyweight champion, the first of its kind. He was also the first to win a Pride Grand Prix. Dominic, and at this point, there was no weight class champion. So mm. Mark Coleman was the closest thing you had to a champion at this point. So dare I say, number one pound for pound fighter in Pride at this point, and he was taking on Alan Goes. Now, look, Alan Goes is I'm sure a nice guy. Uh, he trains with Vitor Belfort. Yep, um, he Vitor was in his corner here. But this was a mismatch. This was Mark Coleman's first fight since winning that Grand Prix in 2000. He was on a five-fight winning streak coming in. The only reason, Dominic, that he had lost or had lost at all in Pride was because he had thrown a fight. He literally got allowed himself to be put to a heel hook by a Japanese wrestler, uh, Takata, I believe it was, who they were trying. He was a big deal in Japan, Mm -hmm. as you'll see later when they had another Japanese wrestler um, on the card. But... um that they wanted to get Takato a win because he had lost a couple times. So in order to secure for Mark to secure himself another fight in Pride, he took a dive, allowed himself to be heel hooked, and it was like the worst looking heel hook ever. And um or maybe it was a knee bar. I thought it was a heel hook. Heel hook it he was. Yeah. Okay. So then um it, I guess it kind of worked out for him because then he goes on this big win streak and here Dominic he smash. Uh yes. this was my favorite Finish on that. This is like my favorite fight to watch on this card because it was so fucking brutal. Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. First card where you allow knees to a grounded opponent, Mark Coleman said, Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank you. Five because, straight.
0: Yeah. I mean, just straight to the dome. Yeah. After the second one, Allen, it was a- Allen, no goes. He down. Yeah. He, yeah. he done. And uh, the others were just extra.
1: Oh, he's gonna knee him in the head. He's gonna knee him in the head. He's gonna no, you knee know him in the head. Coming. Oh, look, he's. Ooh. Oh, 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 my God. oh, my God. ref, oh
0: my ref, God. ref. Tough, oh oh tough. That was so brutal. And then, of course, he knocked him out. He separates, starts walking away. Alan goes so out of it, comes back too, and then tries to keep fighting. What? Is he doing it? Wait. Oh, Alan Goes is still going for it. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? This is not good, Dom. Oh, my God. Mark Coleman's pissed. Hold that man back. My Lord. Now, uh, it kind of turns into a mess there for a second, but both guys laugh about it by the end. Uh, Mark Coleman, Dominic, just proving why he was the best at this time. A minute and 19 seconds.
1: You just saw like the power, the strength, the wrestling was on display. Like everything Mark Coleman had been known for, he still yeah. utilized here and what he would have been like 35, 36 at this point with a lot of fights in the bank already. And then he does those knees the first event they're allowed mm-hmm. and gets a finish with those. It was brutal. It was brutal, guys.
0: And we are just having a great time at this point, Dominic.
1: Oh, we and were. You. Yeah, we were buzzing.
0: And then we go on a nose. Dive. I mean, I'm talking.
1: Yeah. It's
0: the roller coaster, it hits the yeah. top, and it just comes crashing down. <laughs> yeah. To now, you, Yasuda gets the split decision win over Masaki Satake. Mm-hmm. First off, Yasuda yep. looked like he was 73 years old.
1: Yep. Boy, I'm going to have whoa, fun. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: wait a minute. Eat,
1: huh? whoa, Noah. Noah. He's 65. <laughs> no. I just, the, oh, he's a wrestler. This is wrestling. What the is fuck, it, fuck is it, going
0: on? So.
1: Hold on. No, no.
0: Masaki on. Satake, oh, take it on, on. Yush- <laughs> oh, They Damn it, Dominic. On. You can't be doing that, when I'm trying to pronounce those names.
1: Confirmed was 41, officially.
0: Meanwhile, Satake looked like he needed a permission slip from his parents to participate in this fight. This man looks this sixteen. Jacked.
1: Yeah, and he's fifty-seven now. So he's 36 at this point. Looks way what? Younger than what yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's how I'll or look at 35, guys. I guess. Maybe
0: that's how I'll look at 35, because you know, I got I a pretty you young will. face. You do. It would not if you had told me Yasuda was the great great grandfather of Sataki. I would have believed you. you would have honestly, I probably would have been more interested in this fight if that were the case. Because instead, what we got, I'm you could convince me because me and Dominic just started talking about a lot of different things. <laughs>
1: Whatever. Why did Pluto get demoted from being a planet? Dude. Man.
0: I'm I'm a tall guy, right? And yeah. I know in our society, like, I mean, I'm also fat, so it's like it kind of cancels out. <laughs> but tall guys tend like I I can at least, like, hopefully one day I'll be able to shut off more of this and I'll be more, like, you know, in decent shape, right? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like, people who are born short, like, you don't, like, you know, you're you're kind of at a big disadvantage. And in our society, you know, we're two guys, Dom. Let's be honest, though. Women like taller guys. Like, they yeah. always say they want a guy, like, a, some women won't date a guy who's under six feet tall. And that's, you know, yeah. I don't like, I don't, even though I'm six four. I do not support that kind of discrimination right. in the dating life. But that's essentially spilled over into our astronomy. They demoted Pluto because he was a short king.
1: Yeah. They
0: mm-hmm. literally say, no, it's a dwarf planet. It's like, ugh. Yeah.
1: Like, Disrespect. you don't to call
0: him that. Just call him a little
1: planet. Like, why'd you have to call yeah, him dude. that? Man. Nah. <laughs> just ugly stuff. <laughs> Damn. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: You could have convinced me, Dom, that that entire fight took place in that single corner where you were corner. just clenched on each other the whole time, and I would believe you. I would literally not know because I just stopped paying attention. I knew this fight was going downhill. We had so much time left in the event. I knew yep. something was something was amiss. Yep. And this was it. This was what pride threw at us. Uh, it was pretty brutal, Dom.
1: Yeah. And you know, you let's let's add this in to make. You know, even worse, add insult to injury during this fight. The broadcast uh, kind of glitched between oh God, yeah. rounds yeah, you one gotta and mention two. That. Yeah. So the second round started and the commentary was there, but the cameras were completely glitched. And it wasn't like our connection, it was the literal broadcast mm-hmm. on UFC Fight Pass. So we're like, well, this is kind of, it kind of sucks, huh? But then it it picked back up. So we're like, all right, cool. It's back to normal. But then we're like, again, the fight wasn't great. So we're kind of paying attention, trying to listen in one ear. And all of a sudden, like the bell rings for the end of the second round. But they're still fighting and fighting and fighting for like (coughs) 45 more seconds. And I'm like, no, I I think our broadcast is off here. And we're both starting to tune in and look. And it was off. And not only was it off for the end of that fight, which, you know, probably was a good thing, to be honest. But then it remained glitched with the audio being about a minute ahead of the video for the remainder of the card. So for those of you that do go back and watch Pride 13 after watching this or you've already seen it, that is a thing. And it definitely kind of threw the vibes down more, even more than what the two fights did that we're talking about here. Yeah,
0: that that was even. I mean, because you think once the fight's over, it's like okay, let's move on to the next one. But yeah. then the commentary's so out of whack. <laughs> yeah, like we couldn't even listen to it anymore, and that was such a yeah. downer, Dom. I mean, I, I'll be yeah. honest, I wasn't hearing it very well anyways. I was more focused on what we were talking about. But you like to have it in. I mean, you like. Yeah. I don't. We're not guys that like to listen to fights without commentary. So, for that reason alone, this fight literally, in more ways than one, brought the house crashing down. I felt like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it really did.
0: And uh, the next fight did not get that much better. It started out better. Trey yeah. Tellyman uh, scored a second win for the Lions' Den on the night. He got a unanimous decision win over Igor Vochanchin. Dominic, would you like to give the play-by-play of what you liked and didn't like about this fight?
1: Yeah, no. So pretty much what we got here was a pretty solid first round with uh, Trey and Igor going back and forth. Trading on the feet was pretty fun. Had our attention, commentary being off a side. Trey lands a good shot that drops Igor. He finishes on top in the first round. So pretty pretty good, pretty competitive. We were mm-hmm. looking forward to what was to come. But rounds two and three, Trey was able to get Igor back down this time with just kind of regular takedowns and doesn't really do much after that. Kind of just holds top position for those uh, rounds two and three. He gets the unanimous decision win. It started really good. It ended kind of poor. You pair that with the fight that came before it. It was just kind of a really bad duo of fights because yeah. if you look outside of those it was a pretty incredible watch through
0: yeah it was a slog to say the <laughs> least but um you know these are two guys that i that are recognizable names if you've ever watched pride even if you've ever watched like early ufc like you'll recognize trey tellyman you'll recognize Igor if trey tellyman by the way doesn't have a, a peck on his yeah. right side. Like that alone will probably be something that will make you not forget him. Yeah. You expect more than what you got here. Like you were just hoping for something better and it just wasn't It right. really wasn't. Yeah. Um, however, main event coming up, it was the first of three matchups in pride. We would see between Vanderlei Silva and Kazushi Sakuraba. This was a big one. Dominic, mm-hmm. perhaps the biggest rivalry in pride, in pride's existence. I don't know what the opinions are on that. Um, could you, could you say it was Vanderlei and rampage? Probably um, something like that. There might be something I'm missing, but well, I guess because Sakuraba and the Gracie's are probably the most yeah. notable. He was literally called the Gracie killer. Regardless, it's one of the biggest rivalries. They went back to that. Well, two more times after this in case, that wasn't noticeable. Uh, Vanderlei though, Dominic, this one went quick. It was brutal. Uh, Vanderlei finishes it with the knees and soccer kicks a minute, 38 seconds into round number one.
1: I mean, again, like we said with Mark Coleman, first event with knees to down opponent, and they both took advantage of it. Vanderlei did here in the main event, landed big ones. But then to finish it with the soccer kicks, looking like he was trying to kick a fucking field goal, Noah. It was some crazy stuff that we're not used to seeing in our modern-day fight game.
0: Landed a nice... Two piece there. Oh, and now the knee. now we're seeing the knees to a downed opponent come in handy here. Oh
1: my god. Oh my
0: gosh. Oh. 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 oh the soccer oh. kick. Oh no.
1: Oh, we did it oh. again. <laughs> oh
0: my god. He is trying to punt Sakuraba's head into the first row. This is crazy. Sakuraba is just trying to get this- out of there. It Get out wild. of there. I do not like where these knees are landing. They're landing to the oh freaking God. neck, dude. Oh, oh. oh, This might be it. This might be it. Yep. That's oh,
1: it. Uh, just like that. Soccer kicks and knees to the head on the yep. ground. I did donut, not like
0: it. where he was throwing those knees at. Did you see that? He was throwing that was it, like, back of the, the, the head,
1: neck. neck. Yeah. Mm. Vanderlei Silva, dude, is just a dangerous, dangerous man. A scary, <laughs> scary dude in this one. You know, being that it was only a minute and 38 seconds, it was a very, very fun 98 seconds to watch because Sakuraba was fighting back, landing some good shots as well. This was a great way to, like, rebound from those two and just to cap off our first Pride uh, watch through for Cage Side Rewind.
0: I was taken aback by seeing Tito Ortiz. Uh, yeah, kind yeah. Of, uh, I don't know what you would call it. He handed flowers to both fighters. I don't know what yeah. you would call that. He was he was the guest of honor, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. for the event, rep, repping the UFC middleweight yeah. title, yeah. which, by the way, he won by beating Vanderlei Silva, so that was interesting. Uh, Tito would never fight in Pride, but
1: mm.
0: uh, that was the closest he'd ever come to doing so. But it was uh, very interesting to see him. And I, I was taken aback. I mean, this is something I've heard about uh, this rivalry. Uh, some people say it was kind of ill-advised for them to be matched up three times because – uh, Vanderlei looked a lot bigger than Sakurava. He just he was and he was more ferocious. He was more aggressive and pair all that up together, and you're just like, man, they really continued to go back to this matchup when it felt like it was just a bad matchup for Sakuraba.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it was brutal, man. I mean, there were some brutal finishes on here. That one yes. and uh and uh the Mark Coleman finish, especially. And this yes. was only Sakurava's second loss in Pride Dominic, including this event, he had fought. In all but two Pride events up to this point, his only loss before this one was the semifinals, which uh, against uh, um, Igor Vovchanchyn. Besides that, he was 11 1 1. Yeah. He did have that draw with Alan Goes, funny enough. Mm. But uh, besides that, man, he was like the biggest superstar in Pride. Yeah. He was a, fav- a fan favorite and he constantly came and went to war. He beat all these Gracie's and stuff to see him in the shape he was in afterwards it was like tough man you're like and this would become an ongoing trend with Sakuraba he was such a fan favorite he was a guy that brought such an audience whenever he fought pride yeah. continued to want to keep him in these big fights and these big placements and as his as he started to go downward they just kept putting him in these tough matchups and he was getting brutalized in there man And it was like much against probably the better judgment of everyone involved but uh as far as here goes a great way to kind of kick off the rivalry it was a great way to kind of cap off this card i'm glad we could end on somewhat yes. of a high note i didn't even ask you about what you thought of like you know boss rooting on commentary what you thought of some of that stuff in the beginning like the, the performance and stuff, were you kind of into it? Were you into, I guess overall the question is about the pageantry, the, the pizzazz that Pride offers, much different than what you get in the UFC, especially the modern UFC. Were you kind of, a, were you into it or were you like, man, this is just, a, it's a bit of a culture shock. It's just not for me.
1: No, I, I very much enjoyed it. It was something just very different than what we're used to, what I have been been used to for years and years. Cool having boss Rutin on the commentary. Uh, just really very interesting opening ceremony with the, the Japanese culture uh, being presented with the flames and then and the gong. And then, you know, as they're doing these big announcements, they drop the sheets down and mm-hmm. all the fighters are lined yeah, up against each other. Cool. That was pretty fucking dope. So uh, all in all, I, I thought it was very cool. It made it feel like a very big deal. I, I had a blast as we usually do at these watch throughs. I, I enjoyed it. Did, did, do you like that stuff? The pride just it, it felt cool. Right? I, I
0: appreciate it. I do. Yeah. I think it's cool how different it is. I mean, obviously it's something more for that culture, but like, I kind of love it. Like I love kind of seeing more of that personal culture for whatever country you're doing a fight in there. I say, you know, I'm not saying I want the UFC to do more of that. Like, I mean, we talked about it in the recording we did. Like, you know, would it be nice from for the big fights if they let, you know, the fighters do a little more with their entrances or added a little bit more over-the-top pizzazz to some of the stuff? Yeah, maybe. They could maybe use that from time to time just to make some of these fighters feel more unique, you know, instead sure. of having them wear the same fucking uniforms with different shades on them, like... It'd be cool if you let more guys do what like Izzy did with the Undertaker thing. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it also helps where we're so used to that. We're so accustomed to the UFC not going all out for their entrances, keeping things very – trying to keep it to its roots where it's kind of underground. It's simple. It's a little grungy.
1: Yeah,
0: It's nice every once in a while to get something different. And, you know, I'd be cool if like when some of these other – whether it's the UFC – Like with their road to the UFC events, like, why couldn't they have been doing something like that for those cards to make them feel like a bigger deal? Or why, how come when we go to like Bellator goes to Dublin? Like, you know, just like play up to the audience you're in, the culture you're in. Don't feel like you have to cater to like an American audience so much when at the end of the day, the people buying the tickets that are there, those are the people you should be catering to if, if we're being honest.
1: Yeah, great point.
0: Yeah, but anyways, that kind of comes to the point, Dominic, where it's time to give it a grade, Uh-oh. one to one hundred. This is where it gets tough because we're comparing these against five fight main card UFC events. It's the oldest card we've done up to this point. Yeah, it 2001. is two thousand one. So I guess Dominic, when you're kind of thinking of a score in your head, you know, are there factors that you're weighing, such as like, are you thinking when you're scoring as like I need to score it for the time it was in because MMA's obviously advanced so much or is it more fair to just great to keep everything on the same playing field and honestly the newer events should be tend to, should be probably higher rated because MMA's came so far like what's your mentality on that when you're kind of putting these scores together
1: in my head, I think it's good to keep all the we're gonna be going through a lot of stuff, a lot of different organizations. Yeah. I think it's cool to keep them all on a level playing field, regardless of when they occurred. Um, you know, obviously in terms of like the numbered events or the timeline, we get to go all the way until basically July of 2020. So I, I think it's cool to keep them on a level playing field. And at the end of the day, we score these on kind of like our <laughs> enjoyment uh when we were watching you know did they did it keep us engaged did it keep us Mm -hmm. intrigued yes if there's title fights or big takeaways they play a factor for sure but it's all about how we were feeling watching this event how we are feeling after watching it and so i'm going to be pretty uh comparative here to to, uh the other events we've gotten to score thus far i think
0: okay would you like me to go first or would you want to go first I Actually, go. I feel like I feel like I want to make you go. I feel like yeah. you would. I feel like you, if you heard my score, it would like make you want to either put yours up or down, depending. So I want yeah. you to do
1: it. Um, man, I mean, I enjoyed this very much. You're talking eight fights, six of them ended in the first round. The longest one went four minutes, and then you like you have the two stinkers. Yeah, but it almost worked as like an intermission where we got to just mm. unwind and talk, and then we got that sick main event. I think this is going to be a pretty high score. I always forget our other scores when we come into these, but I'm going to give this.
0: Well, Dominic, actually, I can probably tell you if you just want to. Do you want to give the people a, a
1: reference here that are interested? Yeah, well. because, yeah. I mean,
0: we're going to have, like, a little graphic once we get our scores yeah. in that kind of say, like, yeah, hey, this is what we've got up to this point. Right. So I only have our combined score, which I know our scores have all been That's pretty fine. close up to this point. So our highest, we've done this three times so far. Highest rated show was UFC one ninety five. That was Robbie Lawler, Carlos yeah. Condit. We gave that overall an eighty-four.
1: Okay, that's a that's a high score. Yeah.
0: Then UFC one thirty six, Frankie Edgar, Gray Maynard, two, or no, three, sorry, the end of the trilogy. Seventy four. Okay. And then UFC two forty, that was mm. Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar, forty nine.
1: Yeah, I remember that being low. Okay.
0: Hmm. So hopefully, hopefully that provides a decent reference, especially because all our scores, our individual scores, were pretty close together for those.
1: I'm gonna go with a pretty confident. Yep, that's the number in my brain. Seventy nine. Ooh. And I almost wanted to go higher. Cause like I said, we use the two stinkers as an intermission, Mm. but they have to be acknowledged. So I'm going to go a 79 and maybe regret not going a little higher, but I like that. Okay.
0: A 79. Yeah. Dominic, I think this is going to be the furthest we've been apart on one of these. Okay. Okay. Um, Cause you know, I love me a good pride card every now and then. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great change of pace. It's great to go back and watch the history. Unfortunately, I hate the start. With a Pride card that I, overall I feel like I have, I feel like the bad of this card weigh it down way too oh, much. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, you're right. Eight fights, six first round finishes. You do get some real good ones. Mark Coleman's finish, Vanderlei Silva's finish, and really just that main event—very good yeah. main event for Pride. You have a lot of talent on here, which is good to mm-hmm. kind of have a stacked eight fights. Um, very rarely are you getting a fight without someone you recognize. Dan Henderson, bro, nice knockout. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I is it great to get these first-round finishes? Yeah, because, you know, it keeps things speeding along. But there's not a single fight on here that's, like, a good fight. Like, there's nothing uh, on here that's, okay. like, a good fight. Yeah. Um, there's some good finishes, which, again, this is going to be a problem we run into with early UFC events. A lot of those fights are very short and they're not – Yeah. We're not good fights, you know? Right, right. Um, ultimately, though, the two fights toward the top, uh, Yasuda and Satake, Tellyman and Bochanchan do drag it down, especially the former of those two. Yeah. And I think ultimately I have to dock it points down for what happened with the commentary. That, I mean, could yeah. you imagine watching that? And like, yeah, like if we weren't doing this where we were watching it together, if you were watching, if we were watching it individually and then came together, like that would be such a distraction if you had mm-hmm. to mute your TV so you didn't get spoiled, something that happened. That is irredeemable as far as yeah. I'm concerned.
1: That's that's a good point.
0: So with that being said, Dominic, I'm gonna have to go
1: with a mm. 38. Holy shit balls! I was not expecting that. A thirty-eight. They didn't get the passing grade, Noah. What's the score come out to? Fifty-eight point five. And tell the people what our kind of cutoff or our example of the scores uh, in, that we. Sixty
0: were on? and sixty and up is something we'd recommend you go watch right now.
1: Yeah. Wow. Not our alone. Not expecting though. that not big our of a gap.
0: Combined UFC two forty still holding yeah. that distinction. So
1: true. True. Um.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, right? Because I give it such a low score. But, like, again, if you're watching this with some friends, you can kind of easily watch it. But I feel like you could say that about just any card. You know, the problem with UFC 240 is it feels pretty bland. It's kind of uninteresting. There's not a ton of great fights, and it's also just not really anything so bad you can make fun of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, apparently that guy agrees
0: (laughs) (laughs) with this one you have the stuff that's bad you can almost like make fun of there is some funny aspects because again it's 2001 mma you know they got some funny stuff so for that reason if you're watching it with friends if you're drinking some brews you can have fun with this but it's not because it's good in my opinion in my opinion now we have to understand, Dominic, we come at this from different perspectives. Like, this is more new to you just because you're not used to watching a lot of these Pride events. While for yeah. me, like, they're a little more fresh in the brain. So I'm kind of used to, like, I kind of know what a good Pride event looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, it'll be interesting to see how that score holds up when we get into more Pride. Because mm-hmm. I'll wonder if maybe there was a bit of a novelty of, like, this was the first time you reviewed something like this. Maybe when you see something better, you'll be like, wow, I may have to actually score it lower than Pride 13, even though it's better because I don't feel like it's something in the 80s or 90s. So that's where it'll be interesting to see. That's why overall the score, the combined score is what matters here.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: So the (sighs) 58.5, it gets rounded up. That's a 59. Still does not pass the test ever so slightly. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. If you guys have checked out Pride 13 Collision Course, make sure to let us know what you think in the comments. Give us your score. Please. Maybe someday we'll have enough people watching this, Dom, that comment, and we can have, like, our score and then, like, a viewer score. So we can keep, Ooh, like, like their a, average versus we'll ours. ...ranking and then uh, their ranking, and we'll keep going from there. That'd be dope. But yeah, you should see the, the rankings on the screen, four events down. We will be doing this. The next one will come out, Dom. Is it... Uh, august
1: july yeah, yeah the next so this will be a june release and then we'll have a cage side release in august yep okay so we we'll already know the event say, but yeah, yeah i'll
0: go ahead and say it i mean the next one in august coming at you strike force miami to kind of yeah. round down summer so we'll be doing another first and i'm i'm excited for that one because there's a lot of it's an interesting card there's a lot of interesting, interesting, <laughs> yeah, lot of interesting <laughs> stuff going on there um, but make sure to like subscribe, you know, all that stuff. But Dominic, there's only one way Yeah, you we know. could end this show. So it's a little segment we like to call closing statements. The point of the show where me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. So Dominic, take it away.
1: In our rewatch, Noah and I talked about recess and some of the games and things that we would play. Yeah. What was y'all's favorite thing to play slash do at recess as a uh, little kid, as a child? Noah and I dabbled and talked about how I used to reenact the movie Jeepers Creepers like I was running away from him. And Noah was talking about the, the basketball game with the four holes and all that stuff. So let us know. Did anybody dabble in? Some some just basic tags, some hide-and-seek. Uh, what is it, the Red Rover, Red Rover, send Noah right over. That game, that was seems like a dangerous game to play as a kid, by the way, but, you know, whatever. Let us know, guys, what that go-to thing at recess was for y'all.
0: I'll keep the same theme, Dominic, with games.
1: Mm-hmm. Also,
0: let us know your favorite board game growing up. This is a big mm-hmm. one, Dominic. This says a lot about a person. See, I get to answer this because we
1: didn't talk about these.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Dominic, your favorite board game. It could be what your favorite is now, what your favorite was when you were probably playing more board games as a kid. What are you thinking?
1: I have such a like close second, but I can't. But dude, give it you're so win.
0: nostalgic for stuff. I bet your favorite board game now was your favorite as a kid.
1: No, I think my favorite board game oh. now jumped my older favorite board game okay because i think i enjoy it more now because it's really fun and i've played it a lot more frequently lately clue fucking love that game i think it's so much fun and you really get to be strategic but in at the same time if you just pay attention you don't have to be Mm. as strategic so you can kind of like call people out when they're not paying attention and whatnot it's just a really fun enjoyable game you sit around with four five six people and See who can solve the mystery. So I, I think I'm gonna nice. go Clue. Very slight edge on what's my. What's your? Moment. What
0: was your childhood favorite, or what's your second choice?
1: I, I love the game Life. I I always oh. loved that game. Okay. I thought that was super cool, especially as a kid. I'm like putting me and then the wife and the kids and the cars and moving it around and so stuff. I thought that was. Yeah, cool you're such
0: a sap. You're <laughs> such a sap. You're like, oh, look at my little family. I love them. Um. I used to hate that game. I always got stuck being like, I would always get a job, and I was like,
1: damn it, janitor again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, stopping on all money. the shit you got to owe money instead yeah. of win money.
0: Yeah. I, no, I did like that game a lot. But, uh, man, Dom, I feel like we always end up with similar answers on stuff like this. I had Clue as well. Clue has been a game I played for Jesus. I mean, We're I think I got either. my... Yeah, I think I got my first Clue board game set... Uh, It was probably for me, my sister, my my stepdad's kids. We all they all got us a a set. Um, Probably when I was like nine or ten. Yeah. So I've been playing for a long time, and uh, man, that was some of my favorite memories of hanging out with uh, my step siblings. Was on the weekends we'd all play. We'd have like six people playing. It was awesome. Mm. So yeah, that's definitely my favorite. I don't know if I've really ever had like a different favorite. I I've always been intrigued by Risk, you know risk, the the risk. war strategy game. You like are taking over countries and stuff.
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: You're joking.
1: You I don't are think I've fucking
0: it. joking. Have you seen anything no. ever? Like have I don't you think ever so. seen? Have you ever seen? Not like, really. Anything? Yeah. That that's the that's what I'm getting from you. I mean, I've played Battleship. Yeah, that's not the same thing. You just said another board game. Okay. That's literally two different board games. Like, why would you just not say, I've just not played it? You're like, I played Battleship. I didn't fucking ask. You said War. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I've never played it. I don't know if I've ever heard of it.
0: It's, it's, I can't, I can't possibly. Why do I, why is every episode, I feel like I have to explain something to you. I you disappoint you about. so often. I mean, if it's not movies, now it's a board game. I, I am shocked you've never you've definitely heard of Risk. Like you just don't, don't, you know. don't realize it. Like you ever he played heard of those computer games like Civilization or what the fuck else is there? Like those those war strategy games where you know what I'm talking about? Computer well, I know games. the concept
1: you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And but you've never heard of that on a board game, Risk. I don't think
1: I've played uh Legend of Catan, which was kind of Again,
0: you are just literally naming other board games. Like okay, this is yeah. literally not the same thing. No. Like, I don't even know what the fuck Legend of Catan is, but <laughs> I think that's what it's called. How about Candyland? I was a big Candyland. Candyland. Ooh, Candyland shoots and ladders.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I never actually got into shoots and ladders. That's something I never really played. But... Oh,
1: I'd always fall down, have to go all the way back.
0: Up. <laughs> hey, but that's life, dude. Yeah, it is. And that's the message I want to send to the people as we sign off, Dominic. My name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Sleeve. We are but just two of the below-average shows, and we'll see you guys on. I don't know when what's coming next after we put this out, but we'll see you in,
1: in you know. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. uh.
0: My dickens in my ass.